What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. What up, folks? Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Edge and a good one at that. We got a little college football for you. Mm-hmm. Brad Powers, professional better, is going to join us 30 minutes from now as we have line moves on the week zero, week one lines to discuss. We also have win totals that are out to discuss, too. So Brad's going to cover all of that with us coming up at the 1.30 p.m. Pacific time mark. With that, Matt, we go back to last night, as we usually do to open the show, because the NBA's Eastern Conference Finals, well, we have a 3-2 lead for one team, and that would be the Boston Celtics, who took care of business yesterday, run away in the second half, get a big win, 93-80, to to take that 3-2 series lead, go back to Boston where they can close it out, in Beantown over the Miami Heat. Uh, we'll get to some like futures and big stuff when it comes to it because there's, I think, a pretty interesting prop market when it comes to the Eastern Conference Finals MVP that we touched on a little bit yesterday. What did you make of Boston's pulling away here against Miami? Big third quarter, 32-16, to 16, and uh, ultimately made the difference against a Heat team that just looked dead. Well, I would ask you this. What was the big story after game one? Who was the big story? After game one, uh, I don't. Jimmy Butler. Oh, okay, yeah, Jimmy Butler, yes. Jimmy Butler in his uh, huge game to lift the Heat to the season opening win. And what happened last night? Jimmy Butler is obviously not the same player. I think that's probably the biggest difference in the series is the guy who carried the Heat to the win in game one was invisible in game five. Not only invisible, he was uh, probably a negative uh, force for his team last night because he couldn't do anything offensively. What did he shoot? Four for 18? Four for 18, one of five from three-point range. So I, I think that's been the biggest difference. You could say what you want to about Robert Williams – and uh, Marcus Smart, they didn't do much on the offensive end last night, but they're both 
They both matter on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, Williams is great yesterday. Yeah. Like, of course, the highlight blocking P.J. Tucker in the corner on a three-point shot, sure. but he's freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, he makes his presence felt defensively. When you look at the box score, I think the thing that jumps out is that Jimmy Butler just can't be a scorer right now. He's, he's injured. He's not the same guy that he was in game one of the series. And um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum got off to really poor starts last night but had big second halves. When you talk about the big run the Celtics went on, it was mostly about Tatum and Brown. And this is from ESPN Stats and Info. Brown and Tatum shot three for 16 in the first half. Uh, their worst combined field goal percentage, that's 19%, in any half this season, including the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, they were different players. I think also the Celtics made some adjustment, defensive adjustments at halftime. Um, and they were a lot more effective on that end of the floor against the Heat in the third quarter, and that's why I helped break open the game. And Ime Doka deserves credit because one of the things that they're starting to do now, and you watch a lot of it, like, yes, Jimmy Butler is he 100% healthy. Uh, no. Or, but you can make the same argument about a few Celtics players as well uh, who have been dealing with some bruises and injuries and whatnot mm-hmm. throughout this entire postseason. But one of the big adjustments has been Ime Udoka is not afraid to have a ha- and Al Horford just shadow Jimmy Butler wherever he goes. Al Horford had a lot of possessions where he was just defending Jimmy Butler one-on-one, multiple spots out on the perimeter. He would cut to the everything. And Horford, I thought, was really good against Jimmy Butler. You know, like, this is a really good Celtics defense. And you add in the fact that your best player is not fully healthy, I mean, there's not much room for hope if that's the case. And, and like, you we don't ta- have Tyler Hero either. No, you don't have Tyler Hero, which, uh, as we talked about yesterday, that hurts does, the heat. does a great job against their drop coverage. And at times, he's pretty bad. But most of the times, he'll give you some sort of spark offensively. And he's probably going to be the only guard that gives you something. There was mm. no guards that were going to give the heat anything yesterday. I, w- I wanted to bring that up, too. Because this you're is st- your starting backcourt of Lowry and Struess. Max Struess, yep. 0 for 15 in Game 5. Elias Sports, the worst 0 for for a starting backcourt in a playoff game since starters were tracked in 1970-71. So you only have to go back 50 years again, <laughs> again to find the ice-cold heat backcourt last night that shot 0 for 15. This is the second time in this series in which we have referenced since <laughs> starters years. were officially yeah. tracked in 1970-71. Last game, it was that the Heat's uh, combined starting five did not score more than 18 points, and that was the first time uh, that a bench scorer had outscored a starting five member, or excuse me, an entire starting five since starters were officially tracked in 70-71. And that's the thing, man. Like, And that goes back to, look again, Struess leaves with a little bit of an injury in this game, right? Only plays 20 minutes. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's always been a big guy, but clearly he's missed a lot of time, and mm-hmm. he's pretty puffy out there. Uh, does not look like he's anywhere in shape because he's been dealing with a hamstring. He had a lot of personal issues as well throughout the year that kept him off of the floor for good chunks of the season. Um, and this looks to be the difference. And I got to say this too, Matt. You know, we talk about, like, some of the big stories throughout the series and what they were after games one, two, whatever. After game three, the big takeaway was – well, you better watch out. Bam Adebayo looks like he's discovered himself. Well, and he did in that game. Yep, he did. 31 points, 15-22 to 22 in that game, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. You want to know uh, what happened in that game, though? Robert Williams. No Robert Williams. Yep, and he has looked passive and not effective in any way whatsoever. And, yes, he had 18 points, but it was on 8-15 of 15 shooting. It wasn't really that impressive in terms of when he was getting it done as well, Bam Adebayo. He's looked passive and multiple times in this series, only scoring over 10 points just Twice. That was a 31-point game, and then last night where he scored 18. He had 10 exactly in game one. That's the other part about this. And it was also pointed out, this is the thing about Bam Adebayo. Like, if you're going to be the second-best player, look back in the series in which they played against Philadelphia. 24 points in game one, 23 points in game two. But then what happened after that? He disappeared. Why? Because Joel Embiid showed up. And if you're – it's fun. It's all nice and fun when you're able to beat up on smaller guys – 
But Bam Adebayo's got to be better. He has, I don't want to say he shrunk in the face of better defenders, mm -hmm. but clearly bigger, stronger athletic centers have had their way with Bam Adebayo to this point. So basically you're calling him a bully. He can beat up on the little guys. He's the Doug Kazarian of centers, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he picks on, picks on the bad guys, picks on the little guys. Yeah. But can't handle somebody his size. I, um, you know, I think the, the key from a betting perspective, what comes out of uh, last night's game is, are you going to count out the heat going to game six in Boston? And, you know, you and I both have – you have a much bigger future sticking on the Celtics win the championship. I have, I have a series bet on the Celtics. And last night, I think, convinced you that you're going to cash that series ticket on the Celtics. So probably mm – -hmm. I would be stunned at this point if they drop the next two games. They went by double digits last night after a terrible first half. Uh, they were three-and-a-half-point favorites at closing time. Now they open nine at home. Is nine too much? Or do you think we're going to see the sixth consecutive blowout in this series? I, I thought last night we would get a close game, and at halftime it looked like we would. And then that yeah. was not close. Game. No, it wasn't. By the time we got to like a, the start of the fourth quarter, you knew where, where this was going pretty much. It was a 20 point game. Um, you know, I, I would say, look, the Celtics laying nine is if you're actually going by the closing number of this last contest, which is three and a half, um, this is actually a discount. Because uh -huh. a, a closing line on the road of three and a half, if you're using that four, four and a half, in which home court has been worth, that translates more to like what? A, what, a, what are we talking? A, no, 12, 12 and a half, if that's the case. So. Seems like kind of a discount. Now, it also says that probably a Tyler Hero is going to be available uh, for the Miami Heat. I don't know if he's worth that much if you're really directly translating this back uh, to Boston. But regardless, I mean, I'll, I will stay strong in my stance just like we did yesterday. Yes, the Heat covered. Or excuse me, the Celtics covered. But they got off to a slow start. You could have gotten a much better option in-game than you could have right pre-flop. The numbers seem a little high here from a game-to-game -game standpoint for Boston. Right. And I would think if you're going to bet the Celtics, you probably got to look for an in-game opportunity yeah. to lay less than nine. Yeah. Nine's too much for me to lay here. Uh, are we confident that Robert Williams and Marcus Smart are both going to play in game six? Sounds like it. I don't think there was any issues with them going forward after yesterday's game. Jimmy but Butler's, the way this is gone, who knows? Right, right. That's true. And, you know, the Celtics did not uh, respond too well in game three at home after they blew out the heat on the road in game two. But like you said, Robert Williams did not play mm -hmm. in that game three. And they got blown out right from the start. I assume Jimmy Butler's going to play. He's got the, the right knee issue. It's sore. You can tell it's bothering him. But I would assume that Butler and Hero are going to be back on the court for the Heat in Game 5. I mean, I wouldn't, assume, I wouldn't assume about Hero. Hero, when he was ruled out of – I thought so he was going to play yeah, last he's night. Right. He, after Game 4, he told the media, I expect to play for Game 5. Well, Game 5 passed and he didn't right. play. So I wouldn't – I with this, the way that this series has been with injuries, with people getting meals delivered to their rooms and COVID issues, right – I don't think I would say anything <laughs> in terms of availability uh, when it comes to some of these players. Until they're out there on the floor, until you get official announcements that they're available, I, I would not assume much. But I, I am going to – and look at the total, too, by the way. Look how low this has gotten for this next game on Friday. 200 and a half. Yeah. All you – look, at this is what I'm telling you. All you folks who were looking for 90s basketball, here you go. This is what we're looking for, right? Well, isn't, the, isn't this the totals back in the day? Okay. Well, there are two, a couple things to talk about with these, <laughs> these lower-scoring games yeah. here. Actually, three points to make. One is you're playing every other day. Yep. These teams are not getting any time to rest, really. It's, it's a game, day off, game, day off, game, day off. So it's – and I, I think with uh, so many players, key players in this series banged up with injuries too, that leads to lower scoring games. These guys are not only uh, – you, you not only have guys injured, you have guys fatigued. Mm -hmm. They don't get time to rest, and you're seeing that on the offensive end of the floor – 
is so many key players who are banged up in this series, you don't have much time off between games, and that's leading to sluggish play. Last night, the teams combined to shoot 17 for 78 mm-hmm. from three-point range. That's pitiful three-point shooting. You can say what you want about the defense. These are two pretty good defensive teams, I think, make the offenses look a little bit uglier. But that's just that's also tired legs, and there's a lot of things to play into that. When you shoot a combined 17 for 78 from three, that's that's really poor basketball for teams of this caliber at this stage of the playoffs. And I would say too, you know, because there's been a lot of complaints about these games in terms right. of the blowout nature of them, right, and how boring they have been at times, uh, and the stat floating around about the lack of clutch minutes for this postseason and whatnot. I would say that the way that the NBA has handled this, and they're desperately trying to get back to their, their normal schedule, and that's why mm-hmm. they're jamming all these games in now, so next year can be somewhat normal. Uh, that's also leading to some of these blowouts because when you're these teams and you're getting smoked in the fourth quarter, you're going to relax a little bit because yeah. you know that you have another game coming up in a day and there's no use in trying to fight back in when you're down 14 in the fourth because you're going to have to play again in 48 hours sure. or less or, you know, what, whatever it is, 48 And when you get to the finals, you're going to have an extra day off here and there and these teams are going to be more rested, I right. think, for the finals. The finals should be more competitive. We're going to see better basketball and we, we got a chance to see a great NBA finals. Right now, we're not really seeing great basketball in the East or the West. Nope, not at all. All right, uh, speaking of the Western Conference Finals, they resume today. Uh, right now, number down to six and a half multiple shops with a total of 215. We'll, uh, we'll discuss this uh, at length. We'll also get to the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Uh, I was looking earlier today, Kelly, because Kelly's all over this market like I am. Um, there's a guy out there, 150 to 1, that I think's got a legitimate shot of potentially winning the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. 150 to 1. 150 to 1. Unless I misplaced some zeros. I think it's 150 <laughs> to 1. We'll discuss when we okay. come back. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN summer specials here for only $39. You're going to get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. Next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vsin.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it. That includes Adam Burke's Daily Major League Baseball Best Bets, Jonathan Von Tobel, that's me. We're going to have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil is going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs, plus lots of NFL preseason coverage as well. Not to mention continued best bets, premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, and more. If you want the full vsin experience, Check it out, 39 bucks. You're a subscriber through July 31st. All the details up at vcin.com slash summer. All of that for 39 bucks? Are you that, serious? That's it. Wow. Stop buying your Starbucks, all right? You can get more Starbucks if you subscribe for this, get all the information, and become a better handicapper. Vcin. By the way, Kyrie Irving played 29 games this season. Okay, third-team All-NBA by Jalen Rose. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I've never held Jalen Rose in high regard as an analyst, but there's – you almost uh, are asking to be demoted or put on paid leave if you vote Kyrie Irving third team All-NBA. He getting played your, 29 games. Getting your votes revoked at least? Huh? The yeah, very least, take your, right? your voting privileges need to be taken away. Actually, your show should be taken away if you think he's third team All-NBA or Shohei Otani's not MVP. Right. Well, and here's the thing. <laughs> Last year. And I don't think yeah. this is I, – I, I am like 99% sure, but you can correct me. I'm not really familiar with the pay structure of Major League Baseball. The thing that's important, because I saw a lot of people like, what's the big deal? Actually, the NBA's made this a big deal because guys get super maxes mm-hmm. based on making all NBA teams. Right. His difference, like if his vote would have kept out like a Trey Young, for example, because he didn't have him on his ballot, then Trey Young doesn't get paid as much because a guy like Jalen Rose decided to, in his words, get hypnotized by Kyrie Irving's talent and put him on a third all NBA team. So that's uh, it's pretty wild. Some of the ballots came out yesterday, and you can see uh, 
who's voting or excuse me, who's paying attention, who's not. It's like uh, two years ago, the guy that gave Andre Drummond a first place uh, defensive player of the year vote, and they found him on Twitter. And he wrote for like some weird, like tiny publication. He's got like a thousand followers. And he's uh, like, he rebounds. That was the thought process. Well, if you show up for work 35% of the time, you can't be employee of the month. That's very true. Right? It's okay. really good. You can't even be on the pallet. No. Well, unless your dad owns the business, and then <laughs> okay. that's another thing. All right. Let's talk really quickly. Before we move to the Western Conference Finals, I wanted to bring this up. So the uh, Eastern Conference Finals MVP, this is a thing now. We talked about this uh, what, like a little less than a month ago. Uh, NBA comes out. We're going to have more trophies. Add this, just Conference Finals MVPs. So now you can bet on these things uh, because they're going to be officially awarded. Mm-hmm. So your favorite, odds-on favorite, and I would, have, I would heartily disagree with this, uh, Jason Tatum, minus 215 in terms of winning the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. Uh, Tatum has not shot the ball very well. He's had some very quiet games, including the one in which his arm was almost torn off. Uh, it's just been really, really odd in terms of some of the performances. Uh, I would argue that if you're going to make a favorite, it would be Jalen Brown. I think Brown should be the favorite. Who, who's been brilliant in this series. <laughs> he has carried them in multiple games. He's been shooting the ball extremely well. His numbers would uh, dictate that too. But I will direct you, as we were talking about this going out, uh, the guy who is 150 to one to win this thing, not Marcus Smart, uh, it would be Robert Williams at 150 to one. There is no denying the defensive impact that Robert Williams has for Boston. There is a reason why Robert Williams, uh, when he is on the floor, they have won, and he's been on for a couple of markets. Excuse me, Al Horford wasn't there for game one. But with Robert Williams out there, he's been on the floor for all three of their victories. Mm-hmm. He's made the biggest difference out there. The lowest offensive ratings for the Miami Heat in this series have come in games in which Robert Williams has played. I think when you're looking at this, and if you're going along with my line of thinking, Matt, which is the voters for this award might be more beat writers, teams that cover these games, or guys and gals that cover this team on a day-to-day basis, or more familiar with the intricacies of these games, that you might get somebody like a Robert Williams to potentially win this thing, because frankly, more people are paying attention. And I think that's actually a pretty good angle, because typically when you have a concentrated media group, like you said, beat writers, people who cover the team, they're going to pay more attention to the details. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to look at points per game or go for the biggest name. Or whatever they were watching with Ochag Baji when he won most outstanding players. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Talking about Kansas and uh, the most outstanding player, which went to the wrong person in the Final Four. Uh, so I would think Jalen Brown's probably going to get the uh, vote from most people. Uh, take advantage of that market right there at DraftKings if, uh, if you can bet it. Take plus 240 on the player who should be the favorite. Now, also, you can also bet Robert Williams at 150 to 1 if you feel like he's got a shot. You don't have to bet much at 150 to 1 to to cash a pretty good ticket. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think Al Horford's got any chance at all? He hasn't had a great series, but I think Al Horford's value, he's the type of guy who could be NBA Finals MVP if he has a big series. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the association. But he hasn't had a great series, so he's probably not going to win it. Now, if there was an Eastern Conference Finals semifinals or Eastern Conference semifinals right. MVP, that would totally against be the, Bucks. the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, yeah, the Milwaukee series. I wouldn't say so. And to the point of Tatum, and this is why with these, some of these markets, again, like it's just name recognition, right? At least when you're seeing some of these numbers hung. Jason Tatum, and Kelly brought this up on primetime action when I was on with them yesterday, 23.8 points. 7.8 rebounds, 5.8 assists on 43% shooting from the floor, 28.5% from three. While Jalen Brown is averaging 25, 7, and 2 on 48% shooting from the floor and 42% from three. Mm-hmm. Brown has clearly been the more impactful guy. No, and, I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And the 40-point game, and yes, they lost it, but the 40-point game, like there's a reason why the Celtics were able to stick around uh-huh. and, and get back into that despite his turnovers. It was because of Jalen Brown. 
So I'm really surprised that the market is this high. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say I'm surprised because it's Jason Tatum. He's a recognizable name. But minus 215, I think that's way too high when you have two candidates like Jalen Brown and um, Robert Williams to potentially take this thing. So we'll see. Or it could be wrong. And it's just mouth breathers who are voting for this. <laughs> and they're going to look at it and go, Jason Tatum's the best player on this team, right? He's got to win it. And they'll just give it to him. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I, I think Jalen Brown's probably going to get it. But then again, we're going into a game six. If Tatum is the leading scorer and he's the star of that game, yeah, he could take the vote. Right. It's no question. I mean, it's kind of like a boxing match where you can steal the fight in the last round or last two rounds. Yeah. Uh, I kind of think it's open for interpretation right now. And if Tatum has a big game in game six, he can win the award. That's a really fair point. But so I think I should preface it as at this point right now, yeah. I don't think Jason Tatum is minus two fifteen right. to win the award. Would that no, be a fair? I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I would make it more. I, w- I would make Jalen Brown the favorite. Uh, I'm not sure anybody should be an odds-on favorite at this point. No, yeah, that, and that's the thing. Like when you're talking about for those who aren't familiar with, like minus two fifteen tells you implied probability of sixty-eight point three percent that he's winning this thing. That's really high right. for a guy that's been pretty underwhelming in a couple of these games. Although, again, fighting through adversity, getting the armory attached in the locker room could potentially be something that gets him this award. Um, Western Conference Finals today. So we, have, we talked about the, the number. It got to as high as 7.5 a, a couple of spot mats, uh, spots, Matt, including here at the South Point this morning. We're back down to 7. A couple of 6.5s are starting to appear on the board, uh, one of them being Circa, total of 215. We've talked about this before. At times, it looks like Circa, Westgate are an indicator of potentially where some sharp action is, right? And Circa right. moving off a of 7, a little off market, could be an indicator of where some of the respective money could be going uh, in this matchup. Uh, but I got to tell you, so I mentioned the other day how I kind of di- like diverted from my handicapping process when it came to game four, got wrapped up in everything right, got burned in the first two games at Dallas, didn't want to bet him in game three because the market was out of whack, and bet on the Warriors despite a lot of indicators. And, and I wrote about this this morning and some of the stuff that I mentioned, which is the, the, the Mavericks, for lack of a better term, have just been kind of getting unlucky in this series. And I know I said, Kelly, if we could, can we put the, the shooting numbers up here for the Mavericks? Because w- one of the things that has really stuck out is it's outside of just the shot quality stuff. Because I know a lot of people look at that shot quality and like, oh, Mavericks are up 4 nothing in the series, huh? How's that working out for them? They're down 3-1 for real. But look at some of these numbers. Games 1 through 3, Matt, the Mavericks had 80 wide-open three-point attempts. Right, that is the defender six feet or farther away. They shot thirty-three point eight percent on those attempts. Yeah. They had uh, one hundred catch and shoot three-point attempts. That's their specialty: drive, kick, shoot. Thirty-one percent on catch and shoot three-point attempts for the first three games. But everything corrects itself in Game Four. And what happens on twenty-one wide-open attempts? Again, twenty-one in one single game. They generated twenty-one wide-open looks. Fifty-seven point one percent shooting on those. Thirty-one catch and shoot three-point attempts. Fifty-one point six percent. So if this starts to correct itself here for Dallas, I mean, think about that. That's now through four games. They have generated well, 101 wide open three point attempts against the Dallas, or excuse me, against the Golden State Warriors. It's a pretty good defensive team. And if they're shooting at a normal clip on those attempts, these games should at least be very like a lot closer than what we have seen up to this point. Which leads me to Dallas tonight against Golden State. Yeah, I don't doubt your uh, Dallas play necessarily. I, I'm probably not going to bet the game, but that's the side I would look at. So you said Golden State's a very good defensive team. I have to question that at this point. Is this team really that good defensively if you're allowing 100 wide-open three-point looks? The, the argument would be that they are allowing the right guys to be wide open. 
I don't know, man. You're, you're talking about NBA shooters who should be able to knock down at least 40% of wide-open looks. I agree. If not more. I agree. Well, And also, you have to understand, too, like when we're watching some of these clips as well, if we get a couple of defensive possessions from Golden State, the way they defend Doncic has been double and then get the ball out of his hands. And so that will lend itself to more wide-open looks, essentially saying – you know what, Dorian Finney-Smith, Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, you guys beat us. Mm-hmm. If we lose these games because you guys are hitting shots, then we'll live with it as opposed to Luka Doncic doing it. And I think that's lead, that leads to a higher clip of wide-open attempts. But that's also what this Mavericks team has done throughout this entire postseason, who they've been. Yeah, I think you kind of have to dive into the numbers on the Warriors to see if they're the same defensive team they used to be. I would say no. When I watch them, I, I see some guys who are really poor individual defenders. Poole being one. Yeah. Uh, They've got – I don't think Kaminga's a very good defender out in space. He's just crazy athletic. Yeah. Right. Around the basket, he's a, he's a better defender. Why are the Warriors playing zone in, in this series? I, th- I think they've got some defensive deficiencies they're trying to hide. Well, we'll get back to that maybe at the end when we get to our best yeah. bets. On the other side, we get to college football with Brad Powers. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. You ready for a fresh start? We mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 Challenge, switch up the way that you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke free and spit free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days, your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at zyn.com slash 10. That's zyn.com slash 10. Zen Nicotine Pouches, only for adults 21 or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We are just days away from the start of June, and um, we're inching closer and closer to the start of the college football season, Matt. Week zero, almost going to be here, circa, uh, among many others, have the lines up for week zero and week one. Brad Powers, nice enough to give us some time today to discuss that and much more. Brad, it's always good to have you. Um, So let's just start with this. I saw you tweeting this out, uh, what about this, uh, a couple hours ago. The biggest week one and zero line moves in terms of college football. Uh, I know you tweeted them all out, so I'll just ask this. Uh, did any stick out to you? Were you on the end of moving some of those numbers that we saw? Well, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, I mean, there's been 23 sides or totals that have moved more than three points from uh, where they've opened, and I have 21 of those 23 tickets. So, yeah, I, I'm involved, uh, so we'll see. That doesn't necessarily guarantee closing line value, doesn't necessarily guarantee you know, success. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a part of a lot of the money. If, if it's moved, it's likely that I have been a part of that movement. Follow him at Brad Power 7. Uh, Brad, how much uh, in general, how much can you get down when you're betting these? Is it a dime limit in most spots? Do you have trouble getting down on some of these early numbers? I know Circa, DraftKings have numbers up. South Point's going to be, Chris Andrews said he's going to be putting up week zero, week one, I believe tomorrow. Games of the year are going to be following soon. Do you have trouble getting down, or can you get down a dime, two dimes without any issue? Yeah, I think you can. At this point, you can pretty much get down, no problems. I mean, there was a few uh, that I mean, you had to get a little creative. I mean, it was jamming kiosk, and I'm talking this was, you know, last week when when some of these numbers were first popping. But uh, no problem now. You'll be able to. If you want to bet a side, you're going to get at least a dime, no, no issues. I mean, circuit, you can bet obviously three dimes, and then. Totals, I mean, maybe some spots are still nickels, but uh, there's a lot of spots you can bet a dime on a total. So there should be no issues getting down at this point. And i got to tell you guys, I mean, this is 
this has never happened before. We have not had all these different sports books have all these different games. I mean, every single game in week zero, week one up before Memorial Day. I mean, I've been doing this over a decade. I've never seen it. And i got to tell you, I mean, the market's getting shaped up pretty quick. So, I mean, if you're expecting, you know, in late August to find a lot of value in these college football sides and totals, I'm here to tell you they're going to be worked over pretty good this summer. All right, I want to ask you about the Alabama Crimson Tide. So DraftKings has lines up on seven of Bama's biggest games in addition to the Utah State opener, which is a number of 37.5. But Brad, Alabama, a 14-point favorite at Texas, 16 at Arkansas, 16.5 at home home against A&M, 13 at Tennessee, 14.5 at LSU, 13.5 at Ole Miss, and 23.5 in Tuscaloosa against Auburn. Where would you set Alabama's uh, regular season win total? I see a number out there right now. I'm curious where you would make it. All right, eleven and a half, and I get it. I mean, when it's eleven and a half, I mean you got a little, you got juice the under a little bit, but I wouldn't juice it too much. I mean, in my power ratings, I have Alabama a double digit favorite in every single game. Uh, I haven't ran to the window to bet on Alabama in those individual games, but I got to tell you. I haven't bet against them, even though a lot of those lines seem pricey. I mean, they, they pretty much are in accordance with my power ratings. I've only made one future bet as far as the title, and that was way back on January the 10th. I bet Alabama plus 325 at William Mill to win it all. And I put some money down, more money than I have on a future at that point at any point in any year that I've been doing this. So I am really confident in the Crimson Tide right now. They are clear-cut the best team in the country. Yeah, you can make an argument. Alabama's got the best offensive player, quarterback Bryce Young, best defensive player, Will Anderson, outside linebacker. Anderson might be the best player in all of college football. Uh, right now at Caesars, Colorado, Alabama's win total is 11 over minus 140. I love that bet. At points bet, it, right now it's Alabama's win total 10.5 over is minus 225. Brad, I, I, th- I think you got to make the win total 11.5 here too. So. Would you rather bet over 10.5 and lay that juice minus 225 or bet over 11 minus 140, or are you going to bet them both? Uh, I, I certainly lean over on both. I would take 10.5. I mean, I know it's heavy juice. It's not for everybody, but I think uh, a 10.5 season win total on Alabama probably should be priced minus 300 at least, if not minus 400. Right. So I think there's a little bit more value there. So, I do too. Brad, when you're when you're attacking a lot of these numbers in terms of you know whether it's week zero, week one, games of the year, is there like maybe a, a consistent team where the market you think or odds makers has come out maybe overvalued or undervalued that you've found some uh, solid value on consistently in multiple situations? Yeah, I'm gonna the, the team undervalued. I think is Utah. I mean, I, I have several bets on the Utes starting in week one against Ford. I bet them uh, plus one, plus two and a half, any plus number I could find, even pick them. Uh, against the Gators. Now, they kind of flipped favorite here. I think that's the correct line movement. I think they're being undervalued in that game. I also took them in a game of the year line against USC where they were FanDuel opened them up plus three uh, at home, home underdog to USC. I think Utah is a better team at home. The line should have been at least Utah favored by three, if not, you know, a bit closer to six. So I bet them there. And then I love their season win total, and you can still find this over eight and a half. I mean, I have Utah favored in. 11 of their 12 games. I know they got a couple short favorite roles against UCLA, USC, and Florida. On the road at Oregon, I think, is a is a is basically a pick em game. But, I mean, I don't have a clear underdog in any game. 
And I just I don't see them losing four games this year. I think they're being clearly undervalued in the market. So in the same conference, then obviously you see this in every sport, right? Team that wins the off season is going to be a little overvalued, uh, and USC has the brand power to match that. Uh, we've got your win totals up here, USC included in them under nine and a half. And do they fall in the vein as well of being a little overvalued, considering the market's going to love that they got Lincoln Riley? Yeah, I, clearly they are. And I tweeted this out a while ago. I, I, I said, hey, I, I, it's not often you could say this, but I think USC could be the most improved team in the entire country this year and yet still be the most overrated team in, in the country. I mean, they're being priced like a, I'm clearly like a top-10 team when you're favored on the road against Utah. They're favored against another top-10 team, uh, team at home in Notre Dame. I mean, it's closer if you look at the futures market, so they're borderline top-five team. I mean, if we're playing seven-on-seven flag football, sure, USC, I mean, top-five team. But, I mean, last I checked, guys, I mean, there's still a line of scrimmage uh, last I checked, and I think they're a little short on both the offense and defensive lines. They have depth issues at every position. They could ill-afford any injury at any position. So, because of that, I'm fading the Trojans under nine-and-a-half. Yeah, USC is going to be a public team no, this season, oh, yeah. no question about it. You're seeing it already in the futures market and uh, overreactions to uh, everything as it relates to uh, USC and Lincoln Riley so far. Brad Powers' favorite win totals up there on the board. Utah over 8.5, USC under 9.5, uh, and that's plus 135 on the under. Minnesota over 7, Virginia under 7.5. Uh, Brad, I want to ask you about two more teams Another team that's always overhyped and that seems to always stay under the win total is Texas. What do you expect from Texas in year two uh, under Steve Sarkissian? So it's funny you asked that. You must be reading my mind. Uh, I made a bet today on Texas. I went to the M, Willie Hill book, and saw that they had Texas's season win total at nine and a half under. And I made one of my bigger season win total bets of the year so far on under nine and a half. Uh, they'll be much improved, but I don't see 10 wins on the schedule. I can tell you that. I mean, this is a program that's went under their season, went total seven consecutive years. No team in the country can say that. And I think they're being a little bit overvalued. I think there's some serious issues on the offensive line. I think they have a, an easy loss on the schedule, that being week two against Alabama. And I don't think they're that much better than the Oklahomas, the Oklahoma States, and the Baylors of the world. So I see at least three losses, if not four, so under – Nine and a half for Texas, even with them being improved this year. Yeah, Texas a 14-point home dog in that September 10th game against Alabama in Austin. How about Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman's uh, first season? Uh, what, what type of win total do you think is right for the Irish? Uh, I, you know, I've seen some nine and a halfs out there. That's a little high. I'd make it nine. I think the schedule's really tough starting with week one against Ohio State where they're a two-touchdown underdog. I mean, that's a loss. And, right. You know, Clemson, I think, is probably – not getting enough credit, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They play them. I mean, at USC, they play BYU, a really good BYU team here in Vegas. Not nine is where I'd put it, and I'd probably lean more under than over. So I, I think eight's more likely than ten. And, and I love the Marcus Freeman higher. I just think the schedule gets much more difficult than what, what they've been playing the last three, four years. Brad Powers, professional handicapper. Brad, thank you for the time today. We appreciate it. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Brad Power 7, where you can find him. Yeah, if you love to bet college football, follow him on Twitter. He and Paul Stone, two of the best guys in the business in college football. I have not bet many college football win totals yet. We're just seeing uh, those numbers start to pop up in the market. But uh, 
going to have to jump on these early and do your homework early because uh, these numbers are going to move fast. By the way, the Cincinnati Reds have 20 runs on the board today against the Cubs. Nice. Did you bet the Reds today? No, I didn't. Oh, no, okay. I didn't. I no. But, uh, hey, Ian Happ did some stuff for the Shomei Yotani's uh, fantasy baseball team that I have. All right, we'll come back. Best bets as we wrap it up here on The Edge. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth. On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is The Edge on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Answer the call of cash with DraftKings Connect to Victory Challenge, sponsored by Verizon. Play for free in this nine-part prediction pool series and take your shot at grabbing a share of 45000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Verizon now to join the action. Verizon, America's most reliable 5G network. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. As always, see DraftKings.com for details. As always. And as always, the Reds just continue to crank out runs. So we'll see if they can hold on to this. You think Red they can? Red hot Cincinnati Reds. Up by 15. I got faith that they can uh, – Oh, I thought that was going out of the park for a second. You would not <laughs> want to be the uh, handicapper who gave out the under in this game. Today. Hold on, let me see. Uh, this is a quick Twitter search. What do you think? Cubs, Reds, under? You think this will pop up? Five-star lock of the day? No. Let's see. Here we go. Hitting enter. Yes, there's one person out there. A lot of emojis. It's always a lot of emojis. Every single time. Anyway, best bets. Not a five-star stone-cold lead pipe lock of the century of the week. Um, just to play. <laughs> Mavericks plus seven and a half. Talked about this. And, uh, yes, going to just go back to the way I started this series, which was I believe the Mavericks are undervalued. Should have stuck with my guns after game two, after I got beat up in the first two games. Um, but I'm going to go back to it. And even if I lose, I feel confident going down to the ship, Matt Eumann said, I'm back to the way that I've been looking at this. And I should stress, too, it's not just the wide open and the three-point shooting numbers that we were showing you earlier in the show. There's a lot of different metrics that point to it, and I wrote about it in the column today. Cleaning the glass has a, has a metric, location effective field goal percentage that essentially shows you what a field goal percentage or effective field goal percentage should be for a team if they're shooting league average on their shots. The Warriors, they're, I think they're about six, seven percentage points higher than they should be. Uh, Mavericks, right in line with where they should be. So the Warriors are making some of these tough shots. Uh, I just think that this is one where there was a correction in terms of the shots going down for this Mavericks team in game four. And I just think that you've been generating these wide open looks. You've been performing at a pretty high level. The shots just aren't going down. You've shown consistently through four games you can do it. So I'm just going to trust that you can do it one more time and stay within seven and a half. So. I think uh, you bet Dallas in each of the first two games. Yes. Game two had to be a tough one to take because yeah. in the middle of the third quarter, the Mavericks have, what, a 14-15 point lead, mm-hmm. and they end up getting blown out. You don't cover. Uh, with that, which it looked like in the middle of the third quarter, it looks like the Mavericks are going to win the game. And if you catch it six and a half points, you feel great about that bet, and you still lose it. I think it's a little bit startling that the Warriors have given up that many wide-open looks from three. Yep. You're going to pay for that eventually. When you're, you, when can't, you're, you can't get away with that. When you're blitzing screens and trapping and doubling, like you're going to give up the wide-open looks. Like you said, playing zone a lot of the times as well. Uh, that's going to happen. Um, I guess they're gambling the right way, though in terms of letting the right guys be open. But Reggie Bullock and others made him pay in game four, so hopefully they make him pay again in game five. And if not, we'll see if the Celtics can make him pay in the NBA Finals. Hopefully the Celtics will be in the NBA Finals. All right, got one baseball play today. I bet this last night I was talking with Scott Seidenberg on his show, and um, you know we were curious what the Yankees lineup was going to look like today. I took a shot on the Rays, plus 115, hoping that DJ LeMahieu was not going to be in the lineup. Yankees Twitter account confirms that right now. The, mm-hmm. the lineup is out today. And after the uh, the top four, it's a pretty weak lineup for the Yankees. You got Hicks, Judge, Rizzo, Torres, Andujar, Gallo, Kiner Falefa, Gonzalez, Trevino. Uh, no DJ LeMahieu and uh, a couple of big bats missing for the Yankees 
uh, today. So I like this bet a little bit more. It looks like it's uh, – is that the current number here at South Point, plus 101? It was plus wow. 10. It was plus 110 when I walked in here today. Now down to plus 101. It was plus 115 overnight. Ryan Yarbrough is not exactly a pitcher you want to bet on uh, too often. But I think – uh, it's going to be more of a, a staff game for the Rays. And that nasty Nestor Cortez is going for the Yankees uh, tonight. He's actually got some better uh, metrics than Garrett Cole's got. He's got more strikeouts per nine, 11.2. Uh, Cortez has actually got a lower whip, 0.89. He's pitched really well, but I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to find it to be an easy ride tonight against this uh, Rays lineup. The Rays got some right-handers who can hit him. And uh, I like this home dog situation. By the way, JVT, last mm-hmm. last year the Rays were eleven and eight against the Yankees, outscored them ninety-eight to fifty. Year before that, the Rays were eleven and uh, I think eight and two in that shortened twenty twenty yeah. season. Eight and two against the Yankees. They've dominated the Yankees for a few years, and actually have really owned the Yankees at the trop. So I think this is a decent spot tonight to play against. A Yankees team that's a road favorite and missing uh, a couple of big bats from the lineup. Okay, I like it. Anything else on the? Uh, there was a couple that stuck out to me. Was there anything else in baseball that uh, that you were potentially tempted by? I looked at a couple other games tonight, but that's all I bet. So, so I got to say, so one of the games that stuck out to me um, obviously was uh, Otani's on the hill today, mm-hmm. um, and Otani's been freaking awesome as we've talked about multiple times. Angels are like a dollar sixty favorite in this game. Can you uh, lay that price with the Angels at home? I really can't. Right. As great as as awesome as Otani can be, once again, you watch the Angels last night and, and they get beat down by the Rangers mm-hmm. at home. And, I, and I just don't trust the Angels, even when Otani's pitching, laying, to lay these type of numbers. No, I, and I would agree. I think the, the interesting part here is it's I, the reason I wanted to bring this up is you know where we've come, not only because Hyunjin Ryu is on the hill, and Ryu has not been good in right. any way, shape, or form this year, uh, but where we've come here with Toronto. The lineup has been struggling. Uh, I, wrote a, I read a pretty good piece up on MLB.com about uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s struggles and the fact that pitchers mm-hmm. are pitching uh, the – he would feast on fastballs that were high, you know, high in the zone. They've stopped giving those to him. They're pitching low and away now. Right. Uh, like it's, it has been a struggle for him. He's hitting a lot more ground balls. Otani would fit in the mold of a guy who can just kind of throw hard down and away and not let you get anything that you want. It, it would seem to make sense that Otani uh, would be in a pretty good position here. But that's what I wanted to tell you. Ask you is dollar sixty seems high. There's still the potential there for the Blue Jays in this lineup if they get it together. And as much as I like Otani, the way that this bullpen has performed at times uh, for the Angels, even though they won the start with Syndergaard. The other night, Loop almost gave it away in the ninth yeah. inning. They had to go to Iglesias when they weren't expecting to. I just, uh, I would not trust the Angels at this point now with a uh, with a price that high, especially you know, against a talented team like. It's this. interesting because uh, Aaron Moore wrote a baseball column this week in Point Spread Weekly, and one of the subheads said five first five is a new nine, mm-hmm. and I think you were quoted in the, in the column I was, right, about yeah. some of your baseball betting philosophy, and this is a perfect example. This game right here, instead of playing the Angels for the game. You might have to pay a little bit higher price, but what do you trust more, Otani in the first five or the Angels for the game? I think I would have to bet Otani in the first five. Right, and that's why when it, when Aaron was asking me about that and what I do in terms of betting, and that's why I gravitate toward this because it's not only just that and keeping the bullpens out where you have no idea who the pitcher is going to be and what scenario they're going to be in. You're also going straight up against the guy that you don't like in this scenario, which is Hyunjin Ryu, who exactly. has not been pitching very well. And the Angels this year, too, to give them some credit, uh, top 10 team in terms of way to runs created, plus against left-handed pitching. They have done a pretty good job against lefties this year. Um, the top 10 unit in terms of what they've done offensively, sixth in terms of batting average. So you like what they've done against pitchers 
that throw with their left hand. So I would think that if you're going in that route, it would be there. But like you mentioned, first five price. I'm going to pull this up really quickly on Otani. It's going to be like what, buck seventy or so? I thought it was dollar seventy-five. Maybe yeah. that's not that high. What do you Let's see right see, now uh, on my screen? Defeason.com/slash/odds. By the way, it's where you want to go. Uh, yeah, minus one seventy-five over at Circa. Buck seventy, pretty much everywhere else too. So. I actually think it's worth, if you like the Angels, it's worth paying a little bit extra mm-hmm. just about the first five. I can't, now, now I want to see how this game turns out tonight yep. to see if the first five strategy is the right way to play it because it makes all the sense to do that, pay a little extra to bet the Angels in first five in the Otani-Ryu matchup. I also wanted to bring up, because we thought we were talking about the Phillies and how it's a team that uh, should, be, uh, should be better than they are. And they lose, not yesterday, the day before, because Bryce Harper gets a late home run, then they cough it up. Then yesterday, uh, because of poor defense and errors, they cough one up to the Atlanta Braves again. Uh, So now here they are, and this is an important stretch for Philly because they got a series with the Mets coming up if they're going to keep up uh, ground or make up ground in this division. Uh, They are a road favorite against the Atlanta Braves at this point right now over here at the uh, South Point. And I look... You can make the case for Aaron Nola, and Nola's awesome, and his underlying numbers are fantastic, and he's been much better this year uh, than he was last year. Uh, but this team has shown you in multiple ways that they will find an opportunity to lose a game, even if it's minus 107. I don't know if you're laying a price on the row of Philly. No, nah, but that's not much of a price. No? It's essentially a pick game, right? No, of course. It's close enough to a pick game that you, you could bet Philly. This team has been so bad in so many facets, though. It's incredible watching the I don't way they lose bet these Philly. games. I don't, I'm just not going to talk somebody out of it yeah. if they want to do it. I'm personally not betting the Phillies. If I make a list right now of the most disappointing teams in baseball, the Phillies are going to be number one or number two. Yep. But I also didn't have high expectations because you've seen this team underachieve the past couple of years. You look at the lineup on paper and you think, man, this team could be really good this year. But I've seen the Phillies underachieve enough that I didn't expect a ton uh, from this team. Right now, 20 and 24 with a run differential of plus 10 and 3-7 and seven in the past 10 games, not exactly a bet on team. No, and uh, so the market is, and it makes sense, the market is on NOLA and uh, the Phillies here because this well, opened up minus 115 yeah. in favor of Atlanta. Now we're uh, at minus that 107 price here at South Point. So, man, it's just it's cool to watch the Phillies lose games because they do it in so many creative ways. It's a lot of fun. All right, we're all done. If you missed out on any part of this show, you know where to go, vcin.com slash podcasts. Uh, in your favorite shows are up there, too. You can check out everything we have to offer. And remember, uh, check out that summer special, only $39. You're going to get everything we have to offer. I'll see you next Tuesday. You out of here? What are you doing tomorrow? I'm going to be on the Follow the Money show with Mitch oh. Moss Friday and Monday, so you're going to be solo here on the edge. I don't know. Yesterday you scared me. You said we weren't going to be on the show together ever again, and I, I totally believed that. you, and I was like, man, it's crazy. All right, we'll see you then. My guys in the desert, coming up next. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.